AutoCloud is an enterprise software platform used by companies to assist in their infrastructure as code deployments. Customers using AutoCloud can reduce their cloud costs, security risks, complexity, and adoption time for infrastructure as code using Terraform in all major cloud providers, including AWS, Azure, and GCP. AutoCloud acts as a critical risk mitigation tool for cybersecurity, compliance, and ongoing infrastructure monitoring and management. Tyson Kodowski is the founder and CEO of AutoCloud, and he's my guest today. Are you ready? Let's go. This is the Modern Digital Business Podcast, the technical leader's guide to modernizing your applications and digital business. Whether you're a business technology leader or a small business innovator, keeping up with the digital business revolution is a must. Here to help make it easier with actionable insights and recommendations, as well as thoughtful interviews with industry experts, Lee Acheson. Tyson, welcome to Modern Digital Business. Hey Lee, thanks so much for having me. Excited to chat. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. So I, I understand you're actually uh, up in Canada right now. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you're doing up there? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I happen to be an avid skier, and I've taken the week to come be up here in Whistler. So I know that you can't see the audio right now, but I have quite the goggle tan, which I got called out on a meeting that I had yesterday, <laughs> uh, but which was pretty funny. So up here, just getting some fresh laps and enjoying the scenery. So let's talk about um, about eliminating human error. So this is a big challenge in in IT solutions today, right? You know, system complexity really has led to an increase in human error. As your systems get more complex, more likelihood that human error will creep into systems. Um, and and it's especially important when errors have you know errors create security holes, right? So. How are we as an industry stepping up to address this challenge in, in human errors? It's a really interesting question. And when you think historically of just how we've dealt with error and what security has met, a lot of the effort that we put into security to date has been when we talk of cloud specifically, hey, we have a workload or cloud resources that are running on, say, AWS. And we wait until there are errors, and then we catch those errors, and then we have some sort of remediation that might fix these errors. And as a result, we're spending a lot of time as an industry keeping the bad guys out. But to your point, we're not as focused usually on internal threats, accidents, people leaving security groups open, for example. And as a result, we kind of have this wonky paradigm currently where the majority of time and energy is being spent on these external threats and the bad guys. But we also have this class, like I mentioned, of other folks, these internal bad guys, if you will, that we need to protect against. And I think that overall, as an industry, if we're able to make sure that our systems are secure from the get-go, right? Say that we're using infrastructure as code, something like Terraform, perhaps, to declaratively write our cloud systems. Well, if we can just get a perfect initial state, one that we can check off to make sure it's compliant and secure and good to go, and then always measure live cloud resources against that initial state, 
and let you know if there's any drift that occurs, what the implications of that drift are from a security perspective, then we can get rid of a vast majority of, of threats, right? We can make sure that people are not making mistakes before code gets to cloud. And the onus and burden of dealing with security, while still important from a bad actor or external perspective, shifts a little bit farther left to focus on just making things more secure and golden from an initial state perspective. So as we think about how the industry is adapting, there's been a lot of paradigms and movements over the years, things like like shift left, for example, where right we're writing policy as code with maybe a tool like Sentinel for Terraform Enterprise, or maybe you're using Chekhov or TFSec or something of that nature. Um, and we think that this is a good approach, but it leaves a lot to be desired. I think as an industry, we need to go even farther left and during the code creation time, give developers and engineers the tools they need to make sure their workloads are secure. Yeah, I can tell you, there's a lot of developers that as they're developing code, they realize, well, there's security ramifications with what I'm doing here, but that's for dealing with later and further down the chain. And what you're essentially saying is, no, don't deal with it further down the chain, deal with it right then and there and have the tooling in order to be able to deal with it right then and there as well. Is that correct? Exactly, yeah. And I mean, if you think about, to dive in there a little bit deeper, think about shift left for a second, right? You you spend all this time and effort to procure tools like, say, Terraform Enterprise, hire a team of security engineers, and they're going to use various cloud platforms. They also need to get trained up on the cloud platforms and how to write policy as code so they can maintain and scale different, say, Sentinel policies across different teams and environments. And then you have this fragmented experience where the cloud engineers who are possibly on a separate team and honestly don't know security as well because it can take a lifetime to master, well, they go through all this time and trouble to learn infrastructure as code, architect systems using, say, Terraform, push that code to source control, and then the security policies that security wrote run only for cloud engineers to realize 30 minutes later, to your point, there's a mistake and they have to go back, figure out what's wrong, and then re-architect their infrastructure's code. It's kind of nuts when you think about it. And the craziest part of, of all of this is that after spending all this time and money and effort to eliminate human error in infrastructure's code via policy as code, there's just no handoff or continuity between this beautiful, hard-earned infrastructure's code state and then the ongoing state of cloud resources after they're actually deployed to cloud. And what cloud engineers are essentially doing today, and not everybody, but a lot of cloud engineers, are they're just chucking the infrastructure's code over the wall to cloud, where all the policies and security that uh, security set up run. And you essentially have these two disparate systems then, where you have a cloud security posture management tool, maybe a native tool on AWS or Azure or GCP, or maybe a third-party tool is running, and you're in, in, in this way, you're kind of just shifting things right back to the old approach where security happens on cloud, not ahead of time. And I guess the point here is that in attempting to get things right from the start, but not having this continuity between, you know, the day one set of things where you're building and day two of operating on cloud, shift left is actually doubling the amount of work that we have to do because we have different policy sets. And it's also creating this interesting and dangerous gap at a ha at the handoff point between pre and post deployment where security issues can and frankly do occur quite frequently. So um, essentially what you're, you're 
your paradigm shift is, the further left you make the application of the security policies, the less work it is, but the better better quality of security you end up with. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, to add one more thought there, in addition to that, if you're able to unify policy and use the same policy that you have for the day one build side of things, and then apply that same policy for day two, right, that's really beneficial because then you're not maintaining two different sets of policies. The cloud engineers, you know, it's not their job necessarily to know security. We're not going to ask them to do that but they will have a good understanding of, okay, as I'm writing this code, we're trying to create these resources. Is this good? Am I doing good work? Am I going to have to come back in 30 minutes after all these policies run and redo everything because you know I just didn't consider how I was setting up my networking, for example? And, and all it takes is applying these security or having these security policies able to be applied earlier in the pipeline, earlier in the development of the IAC scripts. It's a key component of that. And the only thing that I would add on top of that also is giving folks the tools necessary to leverage expertise that maybe they don't even have in order to create the resources themselves. When you think about just the craziness of being a cloud engineer today, so you have your CSP, you probably have multiple cloud providers, right? A lot of organizations these days are using multiple ones. And then you have all of your tooling. Um, you know, you have your GitOps, you have your source control, you have infrastructure's codes, so you need to understand Terraform or Pulumi or CloudFormation or ARM or whatever you're using. And then you have the security component. It's just, it's kind of crazy the, the amount of knowledge that folks are expected to have. And if we can decrease the amount of context that people and cloud engineers have to hold in their heads as they're going through this process, well, it's a win-win for everybody. Cloud engineers aren't feeling as burned out or stressed. You're able to get better security and cost results that are all shifted left. And the business is able to achieve its objectives in a better process that yields outcomes that are more beneficial overall for everybody. So I think you've just inserted another aspect of this into the conversation, which is great. Maybe we can explore that a little bit more. It's not just applying policies to the developer's infrastructure creation or whatever it is they're, they're making, but it's also providing tooling to help them in creating their policies and creating the infrastructure in the first place. Exactly. And, you know, you think of just, again, a single cloud provider, right? To become truly proficient in AWS is a pretty Herculean task in and of itself. AWS has hundreds of services, thousands, tens of thousands of configurations, and that process just to get your AWS certifications can take a really long time. You then bring Terraform into the mix. Okay, now I need to come, maybe I came from a more imperative background. Now I have to come to a more declarative background. That's kind of a, a hard thing to be able to figure out to do. And if we're just able to give people that are going through this process tools to make their lives easier, maybe to help them automatically generate secure infrastructures code that is able to bridge this gap between what is written today and what is live on cloud and report back to you when things have changed, that's a really powerful and useful thing. So the more that we can empower developers with tools that fit in their existing workflows to help facilitate the easy creation of cloud resources, the better, you know, as an industry, I think we're going to be. Well, so we've been talking about this in the context of cloud security, but really this is in quality of infrastructure period, whether we're talking about scalable architectures or just a, um, you know reliability of architectures, redundancy, those sorts of things, all of that is part of building a high 
performant infrastructure. And the, the, the tooling you're talking about here applies for all of that, not just the security aspects. Oh, absolutely. I think you can even take it and bridge it to AppDev, for example, as well. I think that the general principles and paradigms that we've talked about are able to kind of transcend these borders between different teams and constructs we make in order to be able to, you know, be useful in any circumstance. When I hear you describe AutoCloud, I just I hear it described as a tool that can help, you know, automate the automation, right? So, you know, can you elaborate more on that and and how that fits into this paradigm you're talking about here? Yeah, for sure. So it sounds a little bit wonky to say automate the automation, but when you think of just our lives and the overall process of DevOps over the last 10 years and our journey from going and, you know, SSHing into servers and changing configuration and using tools like Puppet and Chef to today Terraform and Pulumi and, and other tools. We have a lot of things that are are automating our workflows. And it's not just development. We look at tools like ChatGPT. Um, at the time of this recording, ChatGPT4 has come out, I think, two or three days ago, and it's blowing a lot of people's minds. Um, it can be really tricky to set up and properly automate systems. And anybody that's worked on large-scale distributed systems or automation knows this. So one of the things that we're attempting to do in Solvent AutoCloud is to help you automate how you automate your systems. And I'll give you a specific example. So you have this wonderful declarative language that Terraform is written in HCL. And Terraform is great at being able to say, hey, I want to go and create this EKS cluster on AWS, for example, right? But in order to do that, you have to have, and this ties back to our earlier theme, the experience necessary, not just the cloud experience, but the security experience. Maybe cost is a big problem for your organization, the cost experience, compliance, governance. There's a lot of different factors that go in here. And what we're attempting to do is to allow you to take the idea of using an automation tool like Terraform and really just simplify that in such a way that anybody can use this without necessarily having to have that expertise. So we've actually created our own DSL domain-specific language that uses HCL as its assembly language, if you will, that allows you to write no-code UIs for Terraform using Terraform. And in this way, you can essentially write a pattern one time to do a complex deployment, and you can have the ability then to go off and have different UIs that will dynamically populate themselves using live cloud data that are able to prefix things. You can add regexes for validations, deploy to different environments seamlessly. So what we're talking about when we talk about automating the automation is essentially a layer on top of the automation that allows you to just really, really easily use these tools in a way that isn't able to be done today. So Ty, why don't you talk to me a little bit about, um, I, I know in your mind there's a difference between creating cloud platforms and creating cloud resources. What do you mean by that? Mm, yeah, so I think that there's an interesting dichotomy there where you think of a cloud resource. You know, I've been using Amazon this whole time, so let's stick with AWS. You have an RDS database or an EC2 instance. And these individual resources, while important, are in the vast majority of cases, different components of various complex systems. And when we think about you know, a platform versus a resource, at AutoCloud, we think that it'd be really interesting to allow people to create repeatable patterns that they can automatically generate 
for entire cloud platforms that are able to bootstrap themselves, take the data that they need to you know, seed their databases or put data in a storage solution like S3 that they can then read from and take all the environment variables, configure everything, hook all the wiring up, and in so doing, deploy not just the EC2 instance, but the EC2 instance along with all the other stuff necessary for it to work, such as the Lambda function and the VPC and the subnets and the NACLs and all of the different routing rules and all of that information. So I think that as an industry, when we look at tools that help facilitate infrastructure's code, of which I've named a few at this point, those tools are really good to use to create these resources, maybe individual resources, but they can be really tricky if you want to say use Terraform to exactly create a whole system. So, you know, one of the things that we're working on is the ability to allow people to essentially bootstrap that entire system, not just the cloud resource. And I think that we're going to see this in the industry moving forward in the next two, three years, where a lot of people are using Terraform or other infrastructures code tools to hopefully bootstrap entire environments that let them do stuff in a really easy fashion as opposed to going through all the manual monotonous processes that they have to do today to stand up you know, the VPC and the subnet and the EC2s and, and everything else. So that's kind of how we see that difference playing out. So this, you know, this helps with the overall IT complexity. IT complexity of the system has been growing obviously, as we've, we've, we've gotten into these systems. And the, this will help decrease that complexity as well by able to up-level our thinking to think about systems versus individual components. So we don't have to spend our time thinking about, is this ACL connected to the right, uh, or to, to, to talking to the right thing or not? We can talk about the system of a database with everything in front of it and the system of a service which consists of you know load balancer the the uh, the the service itself and the data and the cache and everything whatever composes that service allows us to think about that as a component versus as the individual um, pieces of it and this abstraction allows us to think of larger more complex systems that way well said i think the key there to your point is just abstraction right we have we have these wonderful tools and technologies that we use. And as is the case with any new technology over time, things just become more abstractions on top of abstractions on top of abstractions. Obviously, if you're familiar with and understand the underlying technology, you can go in, tweak things, you're not locked in. But I think that the abstraction here is the key component. So this has been a great conversation and thank you for that. But I do have one last question I want to ask you. I know I, I was specifically asked to ask you this question and that is um, you, you weren't the uh, sole founder of AutoCloud, were you? You, you had someone who uh, founded it with you. Uh, that was your, your, your spouse, wasn't it? Oh boy, yes. So shout out to Evelyn, my wife, who also happens to be a co-founder of AutoCloud. Um, an interesting story there. So both of our parents have separately founded and led their own companies. Um, my parents worked together at a really interesting company based out of Seattle for many years called the Gottman Institute, one that can predict with 90% accuracy whether a couple will stay together or get divorced just by watching them fight for five minutes, which is terrifying when you think about it. It's absolutely fascinating. And it's actually, we don't have time to get into it now, it's a very math-based approach that uses technologies like facial coding and other 
sophisticated things to be able to help you understand people's emotional states and how those will project out in arguments and other negative things throughout the relationship over the history and course of the couple being together. And um, so, you know, I've had that exposure myself. On an Evelyn side, her parents started a, a market research company. And then we look to kind of our relationship over here. Um, in 2019, Evelyn was working as a software engineer. I was working at my last job and we decided that, you know what, we, we want to leave our jobs. We see this big market opportunity to help automate the automation and automatically generate secure infrastructure as code for multiple cloud platforms and technologies. Why don't we dive in and see what happens? So, you know, in the spirit of uh, adventure, we decided to start the company together. And here we are three years later, a venture-backed startup. Well, for I think a lot of people are, would also sit there saying, uh, you know, it's, it takes a lot of, of guts for both of you to start go into a startup right away. You know, lo- what a lot of couples will do is one will start a new company, the other one will continue to bring in income for the time being. So there's, a, there's some risk management there too. <laughs> we like to roll the dice. What can I say? My guest today is Tyson Konofsky, the founder and CEO of AutoCloud, and thank you very much for joining me today. Lee, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Modern Digital Business Podcast hosted by Lee Atchison. Know a fellow technology leader and innovator struggling to make their business transition to a digital one? Encourage them to head to mdb.fm forward slash listen to subscribe to this podcast or visit leeatchison.com to learn more about Lee and his team. Atchison and Ken Gervanovich, my co-author on the book Business Breakthrough 3.0. I think you're going to love this book. If you've wondered how your subconscious mind is like your business, this book is for you. Ken, what do you think? Yes, I think the subconscious mind, because again, businesses are simply a collection of people. But how do you get that enterprise agility? How do you get that spark factor that takes a company from 300 to 500 million? How do you build something from, you know, you and I are putting our desks together to 200 million. There's absolutely five distinct processes. But Lee, I almost think about it, the simpler part is, um, you know, it's really that kind of the, the definitive guide, at least that's our hope, right? For overcoming entrenched patterns and building a highly profitable business that most importantly attracts and retains people who truly love their job. It's coming out on Amazon and all of the major platforms that where you can buy business and technical books. It's coming out in hardcover, softcover, Kindle, ebook format, and it's coming out on Audible and on iTunes. So you'll have no excuse not to read, listen, or, or otherwise consume this book. Yes, and um, the exciting part, again, is we're hoping that this will have a huge impact. We've already got some great feedback from early readers. And once again, the book is Business Breakthrough 3.0 by Ken Gavranovich and Lee Atchison. Hope you enjoy it.